Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 25th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Mike Tyson once said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell is a tough guy now. He has a plan to fight inflation. The question is, how will he respond when the economy punches him in the mouth? Earlier this week, Powell delivered what Reuters called, quote, his most muscular speech to date on the battle against inflation. You know, tough guy, muscle speech. As I'm sure you know, the central bank launched its war on inflation at the March FOMC meeting with an unimpressive first shot. It raised interest rates by a quarter point. Peter Schiff called it the most anticipated and least significant rate hike ever, and I think that's the perfect description. If you listened to the show last week, you might recall that I compared it to dropping leaflets on the enemy, saying, we really mean it now. Well, this week, Powell went all tough guy, and he started talking smack like a boxer at weigh-in. He said the central bank will have to move expeditiously to raise rates and return the stance of monetary policy to a more neutral level. He even mentioned moving to a more restrictive monetary policy, quote, if that is what is required to restore price stability. And Powell said flat out that the Fed was prepared to hike more aggressively, quote, if we conclude that it is appropriate to move more aggressively by raising the federal funds rate by more than 25 basis points at a meeting or meetings, we will do so. So basically, he's signaling and hinting that we might have a half percentage rate hike in one of the upcoming Fed meetings. Of course, you know, he, he, does, he does hedge his bets and says if it's appropriate. So, you know, who really knows what appropriate means? But uh, he's definitely leaving his options open. Now, of course, Powell continues to insist that the economy is strong enough to handle rate hikes. Now, it wasn't just Powell. Other Fed members piled on this week, too. San Francisco Fed President Mary Daly said, quote, I have everything on the table right now. If we need to do 50, 50 is what we'll do. With the labor market so strong, inflation, inflation, inflation is at the top of everyone's mind. Now, of course, you know the Fed has a super short attention span, right? Something else will come up and they'll be like, oh, squirrel, and then they'll go chase after that. I mean, it was like 30 seconds ago that inflation was transitory and there was nothing to worry about, right? Now it's inflation, inflation, inflation. But, you know, what happens when unemployment spikes? You know, then it'll be unemployment, 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 or whatever the next big thing is, because that's just how the Fed rolls. Anyway, all of this seems like Fed open mouth operations. In other words, talk it up see what happens. Or, you know, you might call it a trial balloon or throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Um, Now, I'm just speculating here, but I suspect Powell and his minions are talking tough to see how the markets react to the possibility of a more aggressive tightening. If the markets don't tank, and so far they don't seem to be, in fact, the uh, stock market has been rallying, uh, they'll likely just keep pushing forward. I think big picture, the Fed will let rates rise until the markets roll over. In other words, they're going to raise interest rates until they can't anymore, right? As long as the stock market is 
pushing along, you know, moving upward. There's no reason for Powell to doubt that the economy can handle the rate hikes. So, you know, the the stock market is basically the canary in the coal mine here. It's almost certain that these rate hikes will eventually cause a recession, but you know, recessions lag. So really the first thing, the first hint that we'll see is when the stock market really starts to roll over. Now here's the question. Here is the key question that you have to wrap your head around. Is Powell and company strong enough to hold its ground when the bubble economy pops and the markets start to crash? Because that's what's going to happen, right? There is a tipping point. There will be a rate hike that is one rate hike too many. The proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. And I don't think it will take too long to get to that level. In fact, I'll be surprised if they can push rates to 2%. You know, the tipping point back in 2018 was 2.5%. So 2%, I think, is optimistic. Maybe 1.5%. I I don't know. But I don't think that they're going to be able to push rates anywhere near as high as they need to to fight inflation. Anyway, when it gets to that point, when that straw touches that camel's back, that is when everything collapses. And and, and then what? During his post-FOMC press conference, Powell indicated that price stability is so important that the Fed may have to keep on hiking even if unemployment rises. You know, the implication here is that the central bank is going to push forward with tightening. Inflation is such a serious problem now, all of a sudden, that it's going to keep tightening even if it causes a recession. I'm skeptical. In the first place, a 2 or even a 3% interest rate is not enough to fight inflation. I've said this over and over again. Real rates would still remain deeply negative. You know, nobody really talks about real rates, but real rates are the key. Now, by real rates, I mean the interest rate needs to be higher than CPI, right? Paul Volcker pushed nominal rates to 20% to get in front of the inflation curve in the early 80s. The CPI at that point was just above 13%. So Volcker pushed real interest rates to about 6 or 7%. That's the actual nominal rate minus the CPI. That's what a war on inflation actually looks like. What the Fed is doing now is kind of like throwing rocks at a column of tanks, or as Peter Schiff put it, uh, shooting at an inflation fire with the squirt gun. The real problem here is Jerome Powell is no Paul Volcker. Jerome Powell is more like a Biff. Remember Biff? He was the bully in Back to the Future. Powell is a big bully, but there is no evidence that the dude has the stomach for a real fight. Yeah, yeah, he can talk the talk, but can he walk the walk when the economy starts falling down around his ears? Again, I'm skeptical. Now, the Fed plan seems to be to raise interest rates a little bit and hope inflation just goes away. I really honestly think that they believe that inflation is still transitory. You know, if they maybe do a little, the supply chains will unclog, you know, maybe the war with Russia will end and and everything will be okay. So that's basically the plan. And that brings us back to Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It's easy to talk tough before you step into the ring. It's easy to be confident before the fight really begins. It's a different matter altogether when the fists start to fly. And that brings us to the real question. What does Powell do when the economy punches him in the mouth? And my gut is he's going to fold like the empty suit he is.
Now, the Fed has a playbook. When the economy tanks, the central bank cuts interest rates and launches quantitative easing. Why should we expect Powell to behave any differently when the economy crashes the next time? Sure, everybody at the Fed knows that inflation is a problem, and they really need to get ahead of the inflation curve. But they had to know this months ago, right? I mean, if they didn't, they should all be fired. Well, quite frankly, I think they should all be fired anyway, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. If they didn't realize that printing trillions of dollars out of thin air and putting it into the economy with stimulus checks while nothing was being produced, if they didn't realize that this was going to cause prices to rise, they're not qualified for the job. I mean, I knew this. You can go back and listen to past episodes of this podcast. I talked about it last summer. I was talking about this scenario that we're now seeing play out right now. And, and you know, it's funny. Actually, at one point, Powell did say they didn't see this coming. Really? Regardless, as inflation spiked, we saw the spike begin in January of 2021. We really knew it was going in July, right? But by last summer, we were pretty confident that uh, this inflation was a bigger problem. They were still staying transitory. But, you know, even after they retired the transitory narrative, they still didn't do anything. And the week they announced the big rate hike, the Fed's balance sheet expanded by over $43 billion. Think about this for a minute. They were still doing QE while raising rates to fight inflation. They were pouring gasoline on the fire with one hand and I guess squirting some water on it with the other. You know what this tells me? It tells me they don't want this fight. They don't really want to do anything. Because if they really wanted to fight, if they were really serious about inflation, if they were really gung-ho to take on this inflation dragon, they would have hopped into the ring a long time ago, and they would have started throwing haymakers. You know, they wouldn't have, uh, you know, just talk smack from the corner, which is basically what they've been doing for several months. They know if they step into the ring, they're in for an ass-whipping. They know that a real inflation fight will collapse this fake, debt-ridden bubble economy. Now, circumstances have forced Powell to get in the fight, and he's saying all the right things, but when the punches really start to land, I think Powell is going to retreat back to his corner. I think the political pressure will be too much. I mean, do you really think Biden and the Democrats in Congress are going to let Powell keep pushing rates up when the markets tank, when the economy starts to collapse? Nah. The moment it becomes clear that the economy is not strong, the moment the markets really start to crash, everybody will demand that the Fed do something. And it will. Today, Powell says he's going to stand his ground, but I think when push comes to shove, he will sacrifice the dollar for political expediency. The Fed will rush in to bail out the economy and pump the air back into the market bubbles. It always does. Now, honestly, I think the markets are misreading this too. You know, the bond yield curve inverted this week. On Tuesday, the yield on the five-year treasury was two basis points higher than the yield on the 10-year. That's a recession sign. So the markets expect this tightening to bring about an inflation. Now, up to that point, they're right. They've got that right. But it's going to be a bigger crash, a worse recession than they imagined. I keep bringing this up, but I think it's really important. We were on the verge of a crash in 2018. The Fed had been pushing rates up, just like 
it is now. They were shrinking the balance sheet, just like they're supposedly going to start doing, I think, in May. And when the stock market started to crash in late 2018, the Fed ended rate hikes. It ended balance sheet reduction. It cut interest rates, and it went back to QE. This all happened before coronavirus. And I think I've said before, I think coronavirus really saved the Fed's bacon because things were shaky and they were pivoting back to to QE and stuff, but they didn't really want to admit it. Remember, they weren't going to call it QE. But the fact of the matter is we were on the cusp. COVID gave them the excuse to go all in on quantitative easing. And we got this massive, you know, expansion of the balance sheet to what? We're almost at $9 trillion now. So the Rona let them do this. It gave them kind of the the cover to do it. I I don't know what cover they're going to have next time. Maybe they'll blame Russia. That seems to be the popular thing to do. But anyway, that's the history, right? So why should I expect a different outcome this time? Because Powell's a tough guy? No, Powell's not a tough guy. So bonds have gotten crushed since the FOMC meeting. Yields have risen quite a bit, although quite frankly, they're still very low uh, by historical standards. But nevertheless, the markets seem pretty sanguine about the carnage in the bond market. Perhaps investors think we're close to the top. And the uh, rise in interest rates is almost over because, quite frankly, they've become very accustomed to a low interest rate environment. You know, they're the drug addict. They're addicted to low interest rates. They can't imagine that their pusher is going to cut them off. So maybe that's why nobody's, you know, really that upset. It's kind of ho-hum in terms of the uh, bond market. But here's the thing. The only thing that's going to stop interest rates from rising at this point is a pivot by the Fed. And as I said earlier, as long as the markets ignore the situation and the stock markets continue to rise, there's no reason for the Fed to pivot. So I think we're going to see more carnage in the bond market. I think we're going to see interest rates pushing up. And that's bad news for an economy that is basically supported by debt. You know, it's important to grasp the mechanics here. This economy is built on borrowing and spending. That is predicated on low interest rates. When interest rates go up, people can't borrow as much. And that's why an economic rollover is inevitable here. Think about it. Again, 2018, we saw that rollover starting to happen at, what, 2.5% interest rates. We have way more debt in the economy now than we did then. That's why I'm pretty confident that the Fed is not going to be able to hike rates substantially without the market and without the economy starting to tank. Now, here's the other thing. I think the markets believe the recession will tamp down inflation. So they're seeing the inflation on the, or the recession on the horizon, but they're not too worried about it because that'll fix inflation. I'm not so certain. I think we may well end up with both stagflation. And if the Fed goes back to loose monetary policy, we'll certainly have both, right? So, Let's just be optimistic. Let's assume the recession does get rising prices under control, and let's say the Fed actually keeps things tight for a while and lets the recession play out. Unlikely, but let's just pretend. It will still have to go back to loose monetary policy at some point, right? It it basically is hooked in this cycle. This is what it does. So it, it can't just let the recession play out and then do nothing. It's going to have to come to the economy's rescue because that's the Fed playbook. Um, it's going to go back to loose monetary policy, like I said. 
It's the mother's milk of the economy. So how much QE will the Fed have to do in order to reflate the bubbles the next time around? What's QE, I guess what, we're on QE5? What's QE5 going to look like? You know, we're at 9 trillion balance sheet now. We're going to go to 20 trillion. Just how much can the economy take? How much can the dollar take before the dollar actually begins to tank? The bottom line is that at some point, the Fed is going to wreck the dollar. With all of this money printing, it is an unsustainable system. We've been saying this for a long time, and you know things play out in the long term. But it is inevitable because it is unsustainable. And I think it's going to be sped up because we're seeing this, this kind of backlash against the dollar uh, because the U.S. government keeps using it as a weapon. And I don't really think the Chinese are real hip on us uh, using dollars as a weapon against them. So, you know, we could see a collapse in the dollar sooner rather than later. I'm not predicting that, but it could happen, right? There's a lot of things in the system. We got the petro yawn. Uh, we've got um, you know, just all kinds of things. We've got these interest rates. We've got a bad economy. All of these things are out there circling around, you know, kind of like the, the, uh, the whirlpool going down the drain. And when that whole thing just goes and sucks down, I don't know, but I'm convinced that at some point it's coming. And, you know, I haven't even gotten to the fact that the U.S. government needs the Fed to monetize all of the debt in order to continue its perpetual spending spree on the old credit card. And, you know, I don't think Joe Biden is about to cut spending anytime soon, right? And uh, the Republicans will come in and they they might say we're going to cut spending, but they're not going to do it either because, well, they never do. Uh, The Fed or the U.S. government is addicted to borrow and spend, so it needs the Fed monetizing the debt. And the Fed can't monetize the debt if it's not doing quantitative easing. So, you see, you see the corner that the Fed is backed into, right? There's really only two ways this can go. The economy crashes and the central bank lets it, which means a lot of economic pain for a lot of people. Or what I think is more likely is the Fed will forget about inflation, 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 and just go back to money printing. I want to call your attention to one more thing real quick before I wrap up this show. Uh, there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with the comics. Um, and this has to do with the settlement of future contracts and the movement of physical metal, uh, both gold and silver, uh, as it relates to these paper contracts. And um, the guy that writes our technical analysis over at shiftgold.com news thinks it could indicate a tipping point for gold and a tipping point in a good way, uh, meaning gold could be on the verge of a breakout. Now, comics data has shown a lot of large deviations for the last several months. Most of this occurred before Russia invaded Ukraine, and the deviations have grown larger since. The invasion seems to have accelerated trends that were already in place. The latest data point showed that the inventory of gold at the banks is now growing at the fastest pace since uh, October 2020. So this further confirms pressure is building under the surface. Now, again, this is kind of technical analysis. If you're interested in such things, I will link to an article about this over on the show notes page um, at shiftgold.com news. And you can find links to the show notes page both on the YouTube uh, post and also over on SoundCloud. Or if you want to just talk to somebody about this and, and get a better understanding of what all of this means, you can talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can shoot them an email 
info at shiftgold.com. And, uh, you know, they can tell you kind of what's going on, what they see brewing in the gold market, and, uh, and kind of explain this comic stuff in a little more detail. Or again, you can just read the article. He goes through bullet points. There's some links that will take you to some articles about what the comics is. Um, you know, technical analysis, not something I'm going to do on the show, but I did want to call your attention to it because I think it's really important. So with that, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more over at shiftgold.com slash news. And of course, you can always keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis over there. Um, If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the podcast over at Apple Podcasts or at Stitcher. We're on uh, the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Links to all of this stuff on the show notes page. Uh, You can contact me personally. Love to hear from you. M-M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y at shiftgold.com. That's M-Mahari at shiftgold.com. Shoot me a note. Tell me your thoughts. Say hi. Tell me the music sucks. Whatever. Uh, Be happy to hear from you. And, um, I guess that's it. So have a fantastic weekend, and I will talk to you again next week. And maybe we can talk about something besides the Fed. But the Fed just keeps giving me stuff to talk about. So anyway, have a good weekend.